What's up guys, Chris here and welcome to the first episode of The Drawing Board. Just before we jump over to the episode, I just wanna say a quick thank you for joining us. Amelia and I have been talking about doing this for quite a while now and we finally got around to putting aside a little bit of time to record a few episodes, which is really exciting. Now, just a quick note, the, the first few episodes that we recorded, the volume was a little bit below average, but it's good enough to hear, I hope. So if you can handle the volume, I hope you do get a bit of value out of this discussion, or at least we keep you company while you're going on your afternoon walk or something similar to that. So uh, without further ado, let's just go over to the episode where Amelia and I have a bit of a chat about what our website businesses have meant to us over the past few years. Welcome to The Drawing Board, where we brainstorm the best ways to grow niche sites and YouTube channels. If you want to be a fly on the wall for a conversation between two people growing their online revenue streams, you're in the right place. Introducing your hosts, Amelia and Chris. Hey guys, welcome to the podcast. I'm Chris. And I'm Amelia. And today we're going to talk about the benefits of growing niche sites, and then we'll talk about why you should start a YouTube channel. You know, Chris, I'm so excited that we have finally gotten here and gotten to do this. We've been talking about doing this for so long that it's great to like be here and actually opening up this platform as a place to create content. Yeah, we literally turned around this morning and decided that we should just do it. Just take action, which is one of our mantras, isn't it? No, it's just taking our own advice. We have talked about it for so long and then it was literally like, we just got to start. So here we are and it might sound unrehearsed but guess what the reason i'm red is because we did the intro like five times and laughed a whole bunch and it was hilarious but we're here and so it's really cool to be able to create a a kind of content that's a little bit different it's not just like this pre-recorded interview i mean we talk regularly so it's kind of neat to take what we do sort of uh, away from youtube and offline and being able to do it here yeah, this literally started as us saying, why aren't we recording all these conversations that we have? That's right. Because it's really valuable. Could you imagine if somebody was just like right here, like what they could get? And not all of it's good, right? <laughs> Some of it's not good. But still, I wish that I'd had that opportunity when I was um, at the very beginning of this journey. And I just I didn't have money to invest in a $997 course. Right. So I guess we should probably mention who we are to anyone who doesn't know who we are. Well, it's the first episode, right? This is the introductory one. People will come back and be like, why do I bother listening to this? Right. But a ton of our audience will already know us because you and I both have our own online presences elsewhere. So I met you through Amelia Gardner Live, which is your weekly catch up with everyone on YouTube, right? That's not true. You met me through the accountability group. You jumped into my accountability group last year in January. Yeah, I, no, I swear I must have. I found you because of your John Dykstra interview mm. that you did. And mm. that was really when your YouTube channel really blew up, wasn't it? It did, but I didn't actually start talking to you until you jumped into the accountability group. And then you were the guy who was posting like crazy numbers and just like bringing in links like crazy. And so I'm over here like laboring on a blog post. And he's like, well, they got like, five links today oh right that's back when i was like a link builder mm-hmm. yeah wow mm-hmm. it's only been 12 months but my strategies have totally evolved and i guess in a future episode we'll talk about link building and all our thoughts on that well that was back when i had maybe 600 subscribers on my youtube channel and had a gigantic chip on my shoulder about 
being like present on YouTube and you look like fast forward 12 months and here I am just starting another podcast. Right. And then you uh, encouraged me to start a YouTube channel, which I ended up doing. Yeah. And yours is going to be better than mine. Well, yours still does grow faster than mine. We do hang out on social play a lot and watch. So yours is, 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 you know, don't underplay that yours is doing extremely well. So I think we have introduced ourselves successfully. If you want to see Amelia on her YouTube channel, she's got Amelia Gardner and Amelia Gardner Live. And if you want to see me on my own YouTube channel, we've got uh, Chris Niche Safari where you can, you can get to know me. But um, here we are working as a duo to just have discussions about various topics around niche sites and YouTube. And we'll try to touch on niche sites and YouTube in each of our episodes because we think both of these strategies, building a niche website and building a YouTube channel, they work hand in hand, but they also are um, some of the, I, I feel as if the future is going a little bit more YouTube-y. I think there's a lot of potential in the YouTube space. And I think a lot of people who uh, have niche sites really should think about starting a YouTube channel, which is actually one of our topics today. So I think I'm getting ahead of myself. Should we jump into the first topic right away? Yeah, let's talk about niche websites. What do you want to talk about today? Okay, I thought that to talk about, uh, for our first episode, we should talk about the benefits of having a niche site. What has it brought to our lives, to your life and to my life? How's it changed our lives? Why do people, why should people be building niche websites in order to make a living off the internet? All right, Chris, well, what has jumping into niche websites, what has that done for you personally? I'm not saying what it will do for them, for the people who are listening, but just your personal experience. What, what has it done? You know what? It starts at the very beginning of every single day. I wake up whenever the heck I want to wake up. I had a podcast. I was a guest on a podcast this morning and it was at 9.30 and I rolled out of bed at about 9.26 and went, God, I have to wake up this morning. So that is kind of my first, like at the very beginning of the day, every day, I don't have to feel like I have to go to work. I don't have to feel like I have a boss. I don't have to go to meetings. I can choose and set my own schedule. And, you know, sometimes it means that I'll wake up at like 7am and just start smashing out podcasts. I mean, smashing out content and other days. Maybe you do both. Maybe you listen to podcasts. Wow. True. And, And other times it means waking up at 9.30 and rolling out of bed having breakfast late and getting barely anything done. So to me, it's that freedom to, to control my own life and not have anyone else tell me what to do. But, I mean, that's that the only thing or that's the primary thing that it's done for you? It's the primary thing. Like I feel so much more happy and relaxed and I know there's a lot of stress involved in running your own business, but there is the happiness that comes from not having someone telling you, what to do with your life, which is the reason, the single most important reason why I'm here and I'm not in an office cubicle anymore. What about you, Amelia? Well, the primary reason or the primary thing, the primary um, reason I do this is because it's very similar to yours. It's about freedom, but it's not about uh, like somebody telling me, uh, you know, to get up at a certain time or having to like show up at, at a job. I, I like being able to not work like straight up on any given day. Like if it's Tuesday and I have something else I want to do, then I can choose to do that. Of course, that usually means that on Saturday I might be doing my work, but it just means that I can flex when I work and when I don't. And 
I mean, people talk about this as like, oh, the passive income lifestyle, this is the place where you can earn money and not do a lot of work. And that's totally baloney because I think that the people who are really successful at this probably work harder than the people who are doing just the standard, uh, you know, eight to, to four, eight to nine to five sort of job. I mean, they'll work really, really long hours and work on weekends, work on nights after the kids go to bed. I do all those things, but it also gives me the freedom to say, I want to go camping and I want to leave on Thursday. And so there's nobody I have to ask to do that. I can just go. And that aside from uh, earning money, you know, that's great, but really it has to do with quality of life. And that is why I will probably continue to try and make this work literally for as long as I possibly can, because the quality of life is just so much better than it was when I was working my professional career. Yeah. And you literally do that. You, you go camping with your kids all the time and I'll be like, Hey, what's up? And you're like, I'm not going to talk to you for a week because I'm camping mm -hmm. and we're coming to summer now. So you'll be doing that a lot more often, I assume. Hey, I went two weeks ago. We went Easter weekend and we froze like it was super cold in the evening, but it was really great to be out there. And there was nobody there because everybody, you know, they saved their camping for the summertime when the kids are out of school and when they have their own vacation scheduled and we're going to try to go this weekend. I'm actually, after I get done with this, I'm going to sit down and see if I can find a place for us to go spur of the moment. Let's do it. Yeah. Um, you also mentioned before that about working harder than you might in a job. I totally do work. Actually, I worked really hard in my job as well, but I, I work very hard still, like way more than 40 hours a week, but it's a different sort of work. It's creative work. It's fun work. You're doing work for yourself, not for someone else. So it's... That's that last part of it where you said like creative, I'm like, yeah, like all this stuff. And then you're like, this work is for myself. And it, when you work for a job, so much of that work is for someone else is for your client or it's for your boss or the company. But literally everything that I do is it's right here. So maybe I do less work than I did before. Maybe I make less impact, but overall for me personally, those things are much greater because there's none of it is being, I don't want to say wasted is the wrong word, but I kind of want to use the word wasted. It's like none of my effort is wasted on other people. I can really just focus it on, on my, my family and, and myself. Yeah. And also there is the revenue potential side of it. So while neither of us are about to go away and buy a jet, what, you don't have a Lambo in your garage right now that we could just cut to so you could be like... Absolutely not. <laughs> I'm still just another struggling blogger. But it, there is the revenue potential there mm -hmm. that doesn't exist in many people's careers. So I was a university teacher before this. There was definitely going to be a cap in the amount of revenue I could earn as a university teacher. Whereas the cap in revenue that I can earn is pretty much limitless in building websites and YouTube channels. I mean, there's people like PewDiePie who make tens of millions of dollars a year, if not hundreds of millions of dollars a year from YouTube channels. And there's plenty of affiliate marketers out there with their own websites making tens of millions of dollars and no one's ever heard of them because they're just living in sort of their little obscure, obscure lives. So uh, the revenue potential is also another thing that, that gets me up in the morning at 9.30. I mean, I was a lawyer before, so... I mean, my first goal is to you know, replace that income, right? To get back to that level at where I was at. But for me also, eventually there's only so many hours in a day that I could work, only so many hours in a day that I could build, uh, I could build to actually earn money. So 
if I was going to want to earn more money, I was going to have to uh, probably work for myself and basically start a business of my own and then grow that from there with more people working for me because I was out of hours. So it's, uh, it's a simpler type of business, meaning I can do these things without having to have uh, tons of employees and also taking on the additional training and risk of these individual uh, lawyers, like in, in a practice. So it just, it, I don't want to say easier because I don't think easier is the right word for it, but I think as far as quality of life goes, I think that it, my quality of life will be better. I won't have to work 24 seven to be able to get to that place. Yeah, absolutely. It, it did blow my mind last year when I went on a camping trip for two weeks and I was literally, I've told you this before, I was literally out of reception range for a lot of that time. And to come back and go, my revenue, I made more money whilst camping than I would have, you know, in my old job, mm-hmm. which was incredible to just see it. It's, it was so stressful to walk away from it and not be able to check my Google Analytics every five seconds. But to come back after two weeks and see that I made more money than I spent on a holiday was amazing. And it was this sort of the first time where the payoff really came. And hopefully this summer I can have a little bit more of that. Yeah, but what's funny is it, it's like trying to explain it to other people because I don't, I don't have a good idea of what the, like the job is. People say, oh, well, what do you do? And I'm like, well, to really explain that, I, I feel like I need to give you like this five-minute feel like a speech rather than just saying you know people understood if you say doctor lawyer accountant they're like i know what those things are but then you say well i i could say blogger but that doesn't feel like the right word for it you know and i youtuber isn't the right word for it and then you say well i i'm a content publisher and they're like like books no and then you're like well then you have to explain the whole thing to them but Really, what I am is a is a, a content publisher. That's right. what I am. Yeah, is that not John Dykes recalls that, doesn't he? Or did, did online publishing company or something along those lines? I, yeah, I, I mean, I, it's like trying to think. It's like, could I explain it? Like, like I create digital magazines. You know that I am like the editor, writer, photographer, and you know, creative for. I mean, I, I don't know. I yeah. I guess it's like I don't have to answer to anybody, right? That is literally how I described it to my accountant when my accountant was like, what the hell do you do? And I had to, like, I had to get her onto my website and I had to point to the ads that were on the sidebar. And I was like, that's how I make the money. You know, that invoice that you, that you process for me every month, that's it there. Like that's the people giving me the money. And uh, well, I guess in hindsight, maybe if you have to explain that to your accountant, then maybe you should keep looking for accountant. <laughs> Yeah, it was tough, but you know, you've got to, you've got to onboard people sometimes. I'm not sure that there is a specialist accountant for digital publishing companies. You know what? In the future though, well, if somebody's listening to this, there's a niche idea for you as far as uh, blogging and accounting, because like, if there, so accountants, if there are any accountants listening. Yeah. Well, no, no, no. This is like uh, the niche is um, for accountants. So it's like education for accountants who are looking to uh, work with people who make money online. Right. Like that's a course for them to take so that they can understand how to help their clients. Cause most of the time they're like, what yeah. you, you, are you their employee? No, I'm not. Yeah. I do not work for them, even though I do work that is for them. Yeah. 
Yeah, the other thing that I got uh, from my partner's mother was uh, I tried to explain it to her and I told her one of my niches. And let's just take a hypothetical niche, let's say uh, computers as a hypothetical. And I was like, oh yeah, I have a website about computers. And she was like, what the heck do you know about computers? And she was like, really like, couldn't understand that. Like, I haven't got a degree in that topic and therefore I can't have a, have a career in that topic. And it's like, no, anyone can start a website and start researching the topic and start writing about it. It's not, so yeah, it's a, it's a thing that I guess it, it's, it's such a new way to make money still that people just don't quite understand. Well, I, I try not to tell people that I build websites because then they imagine that I'm designing websites and that I know how to code and I understand all this stuff. And they're like, oh, could you build me a website? I'm like, no, I don't know how to do that. Like, could you build my, my business website? I'm like, no, <laughs> I'm not a specialist in this. But they say, oh, well, you build websites. I'm like, well, if you could call buying a domain, getting hosting, and then installing a theme on it that is lightly, uh, you know, customized then yes i build websites but i i don't build the type of websites i think that most people are imagining mostly 99.9 percent .9 of the time what i do is i write create content yeah yeah but, but yeah 90 percent of my job is writing mm -hmm. yeah spend all day at least my goal usually is to get one article written by midday each day which is i meet that goal about 50 percent of the time i'd say yeah, see, I can't always work every single day because I have children and they are, they have needs, funny enough. I mean, if they didn't have needs, then I would get so much more done. But I mostly flex my content production goals. So I set the goal for the month and then I just work when I can throughout the month to get that done. So maybe it's an article a day and sometimes it's no articles for four days and then I have to write 10 on a Saturday to get caught up. But that's how it happens sometimes. What other benefits can you think of? Have we covered the major benefits or is there anything else? <laughs> how long, like how long would this podcast go? I'm certain that we could talk for days about, you know, quality of life considerations, the freedom and ability to um, not have to pay for all the expenses of having a professional job. I don't have to pay for clothes anymore. I haven't bought a brand new suit in more than four years, uh, you know, having the gas, like I don't commute to work anymore. I don't sit in traffic anymore. I uh, have my blood pressure, I'm certain is much better. I mean, some of the side impacts of stress, uh, like working a stressful job, like um, like skin problems and like the tube around the middle, you know, it's like cortisol, like all those things for me are gone. It's much easier to manage my uh, like healthy weight because um, I'm not eating out because I, I'm at home where my refrigerator is. And if I want to have lunch with a friend, then I schedule that. But it's not just like, oh, hey, I'm in the city and there happens to be 25 restaurants down the street. I'll just go eat whatever. Because let's face it, if I go to a restaurant and I order something, I'm eating all of it. Like, okay. that's just, you know, so it's like, I literally could talk about so many of the benefits of, you know, working from home and working for myself. It's like, how long do you have, Chris? Because I could. Well, Okay, we've. I think that we've covered probably the most important ones, but I think we should probably offset this conversation with what about some downsides? Mm. Clearly, not everyone is going to love the sort of career paths that we've carved out for ourselves. Sure. Uh, so, can you think of anything? What's like the major thing that really gets to you that that you miss about having a job, 
or that you you find stressful about what we do? Mm, it's not stress, but it's, um, do you see anybody here? Like I'm, my office is in my bedroom and if the children are gone, I'm here. There's nobody in my office. So if I take a break, I walk out to the break room, which is my kitchen. Nobody in my kitchen. Not only that, but the people who are around me, they have no idea what I'm talking about. So it's like the, the, I want to go and have coffee with a friend to have some social time. I can't talk to them about this. Well, I'll spend time with them, but they don't understand anything about what my life is like or what I do. And, and then I have to explain to them and they only kind of understand. So it's, if you don't have a community and you're brand new to this uh, and you don't know what you're doing, then it feels uh, isolating, uh, lonely. And it can, I think for some people, um, be pretty hard on their mental health. Right. Yeah, I would agree with that. I, one of the, not only the whole sense of loneliness, like physical loneliness, there's also the sense that you're on your own and every decision you make is your decision. You don't have anyone to consult about, am I doing the right thing, especially around the business side of things? Like, am I issuing invoices correctly? That sort of thing that we don't often talk about uh, when we're talking about how to build a, a website. But we, when you reach a point where you're making more than say $5,000 a month, you're not only building a website, you're managing a business. You're, you know, sending out invoices every month. You, you're uh, making sure that your accounting and your bookkeeping is up to date. You've got to keep up with legal compliance. Uh, at least in Canada, I run a corporation. I've got to keep up with legal compliance. There are all these extra things that are involved in running a business. And I can't really consult anyone with that stuff. I have to learn it all myself. And if I can't learn it myself, I have to get on the phone to professional and get the pay, to pay for it to sort it out for me. Yeah. So that is, that is one thing that I guess in the first like two years, wasn't that big a deal. But when I actually started making money and I was incorporated, that was probably the biggest stressor uh, on my life. Uh, and I'm still kind of going through some of those things. It's something that people don't really talk about all that much. Um, and the other one is of, obviously there is a significant amount of existential risk to our online assets that we are relying on people like Google who likes to roll out very volatile Google updates a couple of times a year. And uh, even YouTube, like what's stopping YouTube from changing the way in which they pay their creators, even though they, they seem to have been more stable over the past few years. I, I don't see anything stopping them from changing the way in which they do business tomorrow. No, it, it is changing. It's just that the changes don't always necessarily impact us. I mean, you talk about changes to where they pay creators or the changes. I mean, they, what was the huge one when they actually uh, enacted the threshold so that you had to have the 1000 subscriber and 4,000 watch hours mark. There were tons of people who had small channels who got hit by that because they weren't monetized anymore or they were growing channels that couldn't be monetized or the, what was it? The, the, um, the one for kids like the CCPA or whatever COPA, was that what it was? Um, the, where all of a sudden a lot of videos were demonetized or it's, uh, like took away the comments or just their engagement and the way that they grew their YouTube channels. And, and that could happen any minute. It could like the, the make money online niche is so unregulated that people are allowed to go out there and basically do and say whatever they want. And the FCC doesn't do anything about it, even though there's tons of rules about, you know, um, 
confirming when you are sponsored or when you have an affiliate link or when you have like a monetary involvement in the transaction, but there's nobody enforcing that and there's no regulation and and it'll be basically up to the individual affiliate program to police their affiliates. And if they don't, then they don't. Yeah. So we've got to, we've got to manage that existential risk over time. And the, as, as the industry continues to evolve and evolves so rapidly, we're thinking of things coming in the future. We've got uh, the third party cookies changes coming out that may significantly impact display ad revenue. We've got uh, AI content generation that could completely overhaul the way in which we think about creating websites. Uh, Amazon just completely and totally like getting rid of their affiliate program. I mean, that I think is, I want to say imminent, but maybe imminent anytime now. Yeah, absolutely. So there's all these existential risks that we have to navigate and manage. And usually people's solution to that is diversification. And I guess in the future, we'll do an entire podcast on diversification and when you should do it and how to do it. I'm super passionate about that. So, Right. But I do wanted to say though, on um, just to add it on my side, I was talking about loneliness. I guess one of the things about building an online business yourself, you know, from home is the Think about what you have when you work for someone, right? You go into a company, you start at the bottom or you get hired. In general, there's some sort of probationary period. There's a mentorship period. There's a training period where they have the responsibility to, in most cases, if you're at a good company, to like make you into a successful whatever, like widget maker, lawyer, doctor. And then when you're here online, there is no mentorship unless you seek it out and usually pay for it. Uh, and nobody's paying you to be trained and there's just no um, like parachute, you know, for the learning curve time businesses, they will absorb the cost of training. You You know, they will accept you as their employee because, and, and accept the fact that maybe for the first year you are not profitable for them. You are not an asset to them, but they're looking at you as a long-term investment. Whereas online, it's up to you to gain all those skills and there is nobody who cares about training you? And that is a really, really tough uh, part of being here online. It's like you're on your own for that. Yeah, totally. I think another thing that is probably a key reason why a lot of people drop out, and obviously you and I have gotten past this point, or at least we hope we've gotten past this point, but a lot of people drop out of building websites because they find it quite tedious to write a blog post every single day. <laughs> and when it get, when you've gotten to one and a half, two years, and you look back and you're like, I've written three, four, 500 blog posts, and today I have to wake up and do it all over again. Some people just don't like that. They would rather work for someone else. So it's not for everyone. Oh, yeah. I mean, not, not just that. I mean, it, it, not just tedious about writing blog posts. It just It doesn't necessarily, uh, there's not enough variety to like, find it really uh, stimulating and exciting. Like, not just the, the blog post, maybe it's the topic. Maybe it's not just that I have to sit and write because maybe writing is interesting, but maybe it's because your blog is about computers and you have, what do they call it? Niche fatigue. I heard somebody else say that. Yeah. I heard somebody else say that the other day. I was thinking about making a video about it. It's like how to combat niche fatigue. I was like, Hmm, because I bet a lot of people experience that. They like, if I could just start a new website and write on something else, I'd have no problem writing. Maybe it's not the writing that is the, 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 the part that is bothersome is just, I don't want to write about computers anymore, like yeah. ever again. 
Yeah. So you really like you really do have to punish yourself, don't you? Like you've got to <laughs> punish. Absolutely. You just got to put put your head down and work everything. And there's no one telling you that to to start typing at whatever o'clock in the morning. You've got to get up and you've got to do it and somehow well, sustain that motivation. Yeah, but here's the thing. And this is what kind of is mind-boggling when I thought about this way. If there's a law that says that you have to wear a seatbelt, right? And your body tells you that you need to eat. Um, you have to go to the bathroom. You have to do all these things. We just accept these things as necessary. And we do them. Like you have to get up and go to work or you get fired. You don't get up in the morning. In most cases, you might when you're like 16, but at 35 or you get up and go to work because you have to. Yet, when it comes to writing a blog post, people might struggle to find the motivation. But if you could just think about writing a blog post like food, like the job that is not optional, like I, I put on a seatbelt every time. It's not like I get in there and think, gosh, do I have the motivation to like, click, like put that on every day. It's just, it's a mindset thing. Like it's not optional yeah. for me. Yeah, I agree. It is a total mindset thing. I think that we should probably move on to our second segment now because we are going to run out of time. So All right, let's, let's talk about let's talk about YouTube. My like favorite unrelated thing to why are we talking about YouTube? This is I mean, our, we just talked about niche websites. Why why is it again that we want to talk about YouTube? So we want to talk about YouTube because we think that YouTube is another revenue source that people should take seriously. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I agree with that. All right, let's talk about YouTube. Let's do it. All right, so why is it, Chris, then? Why do you think that people should start a YouTube channel? Why should they start today? Why should they have started yesterday? Because I, I feel as if, and I may be critiqued and told I'm wrong here, but I feel as if there is less existential risk in YouTube than there is in building websites. One of the reasons for that is the, volatil the extreme volatility of Google. Another one is the competition levels in websites compared to YouTube. YouTube has significantly less competition. And another one of them is AI content generation. Mm. The possibility of doing those deep fake faces on YouTube is probably a significant, significantly further down the track than creating fake blog posts with software like conversion AI. I really think the risk about this um, AI stuff because there's no one really auditing whether or not the, the information that is in these blog posts is real or true is that eventually users are going to get wind of it and aren't going to trust written content as being real. They're going to understand that, that blog posts can be generated by computers and so they're going to be going to look to places where they can get reassurance that the content, the information that they're receiving is real and authentic. And if they can't be sure of it because they can't tell from the the right like the, the words on their phone that it's real, that the next step to that is going to YouTube, or at least you see a person, right? Yeah. Maybe they, they don't trust as much uh, these no-face videos, but if they see you sitting on the screen saying the same thing that you would have written about lawn chairs, that they would be more likely to trust that and then rely upon video content as the, a source of that information. They will stop going to blog posts stop going to news sources and come to video content as the place to get their information. Yeah, I agree with that. So do you think it is possible to make a full-time living, let's say $5,000 to $10,000 a month from a YouTube channel? 
I do. Uh, am I doing it yet? Unfortunately, I am not. And I think part of that, honestly, is because I've chosen the niche is make money online, which is full of people who want to have the same skills I do and are better at it because they've either been doing it longer or maybe they came into this game with more skills from before. I mean, I came into this like not knowing how to edit a video and it's questionable whether or not I can actually do that. I wasn't a user of YouTube before. So part of my journey in the first year spent on YouTube was just figuring out what is it that people do here and like why? And it wasn't intuitive to me. I understood that with blogs and blogging because I read blogs. I had written blogs before. Uh, I think that if I were to really get serious about trying to make YouTube a full-time career for me, it would be in a niche that was off of the make money online, like niche website stuff. The primary reason I do my YouTube channel now uh, continue, and this is because of the community aspect of it, because it delivers so much more to me than just money. I mean, yeah, I make money from my YouTube channel, but mostly I, I wouldn't be doing this right now, but for uh, my connection with you because of YouTube. And it, for me, it just takes care of some of those other pain points that we talked about earlier about blogging. It gives me my community and I'd rather spend my time right now um, investing in my websites. But if I were to start YouTube now with the goal of making a full-time income online from YouTube, it would be in a niche that was not make money online. Yeah. I, I would also choose a different niche. In fact, I've got another YouTube channel that has more uh, subscribers than my niche safari one. And it also makes me a lot more money because I'm doing things like I'm targeting search traffic instead of just essentially, you know, when I started niche safari, I basically got everyone who follows you to follow me. And then I got everyone who follows people like WP Eagle or a very small amount of people who follow WP Eagle to come over and follow me. Like I, I built networks through um, the, the community that I'm in and not through search traffic on YouTube. All right. Well then here's the million dollar question, Chris is why aren't you working on that YouTube channel? Why are we doing this right now? If you make more money on that YouTube channel, than your niche safari channel nurse, like why, why, why aren't you putting, why are you all in on that one? Niche fatigue. <laughs> we coined a new term niche fatigue. Yeah. It's, I, I do intend on going back to it. And I, you know, I, I tell you every week, Oh, I've got like, I've got nine videos, videos at the moment that are sitting in draft that I need to edit and push and you out. Has, you still haven't finished them. I still haven't finished them. This is the look like, yeah, let's see. That's another, that's going back to our conversation about some of the downsides of running your own online business is you've, you've got to juggle these sorts of things mm -hmm. and it's, you very quickly end up with multiple YouTube channels and multiple niche sites and you've got to make a decision. And the decision I've been making the last few months is to really work on my uh, race to $1,000 case study site that I'm doing for niche safari and I want it to hit $1,000 a month. So it's right. been sort of the priority for me. Um, yeah. So eventually I will return to that YouTube channel. It's just not currently the priority. And hopefully in a couple of weeks, I can come here and update you on, you know, the fact that I finally got those videos out. Well, let me tell you what I think, uh, why people should be starting YouTube, especially if they are already blogging is I feel like they're leaving money on the table because they, if you really go deep into developing and building a niche site and you, you got it to a point where you were making money, you have, with the exception of like making the video, like the actual presentation of the video, 
most of the skills necessary to be successful on YouTube. You understand the content generation process, right? So coming up with an idea and bringing it through to the published point. You understand keyword research. I mean, the keyword research for YouTube is not the same, but you understand at least that you need to start with a, maybe a specific keyword and then how to see it through and how to work to figure out whether or not it is a competitive term, whether or not you should make an effort to, to create content on that. Maybe you, maybe you invest in a different tool. I mean, you just know that there are ways to figure this out. It's not like you're in a sea of like gray, having no idea what to do. And you say, oh, well, you know, making a video is so hard. I don't know how to do that. So, well, you know how to write a blog post, which means you know how to write a script, right? You don't necessarily have to sit and just riff off of, you know, just what's in your brain. Like you could actually create a script and you say, well, I didn't need a teleprompter. No, you don't. I take my notepad and I set it next to my, right under my camera. You can't even tell hardly that I've got my script right underneath it right now and just read it. And you can make a video and say, well, I don't know about editing. You don't have to edit. Like you can, and it's great, but those aren't necessarily the things that are required for a successful YouTube channel. It's like, if you could make twice as much with the same content, right? If you could write a blog post, do all the research and then like all the work to get there. And then you just need just a little more work to maybe double the return for the work you've already done. Like, why wouldn't you do that? That, uh, that reminds me of a, a guy from Create and Go. I'm not sure if you've heard of Create and Go. It's a another yeah. big money online YouTube channel. Yeah. The guy from that literally would open up his a screencast of the blog post he just wrote and scroll down through the blog post and sort of read out bits from the blog post and explain what he wrote and then just publish that. And it's still or, thousands of views. Or do the opposite, which is you do your riff and your YouTube video and then download, uh, have it transcribed and then turn that and just post it as a blog post. Yeah. I mean, I, I think the, like a savvy blogger would probably do more to the, the transcript, right. To make it so that it would be more SEO friendly, but still it's like you have created this content over here. Why would you not? And then I'm sitting here thinking, man, but Amelia, you don't, you don't always do that either. And I'm saying I should do that. Right. And I, I, I should start YouTube channels associated with my niche websites and I could do exactly what I'm talking about right now. Um, I just, there's only so many hours in the day. Right. Exactly. You gotta, you gotta make decisions and prioritize something sometimes. Yeah. Well, it goes along with my quality of life goals. Like my working as a lawyer, I used to work a lot and uh, now I do work a lot, but when I have my children at home, like that's what I'm doing. I'm, I'm not going to do this thing where I live behind my phone. Like, you know, everywhere I'm going, like I have my phone in my hand or I'm, um, you know, like, oh, like, you know, you guys are at the park. I'm going to do this. Like, I'm going to, I'm going to be present. And that's really important for me. All right. That wraps it up. That was really fun. I'm, um, I'm excited to do this some more. So before we go, do we want to talk to them about what it is we plan on doing so they know what to look for? Sure. What do we plan on doing, Amelia? We'd like to, in each episode, just talk at least some about niche websites and YouTube, because that's primarily what we're focused on and most interested in talking about and feel knowledgeable enough to talk about. Right. So we'll choose a topic each week from new sites and a topic each week from YouTube and we'll cover both. Well, one Absolutely. Of each, and each week. Yep. And if folks who listen to these are interested in hearing about a specific topic, you are welcome to put it in the comments 
on this video or wherever you consume this content and let us know that that's something you'd like us to talk about. And I'm certain if we felt comfortable talking about it, that we would try to. Yeah, we've got a, a, a list as long as your arm of topics to talk about. So we've got plenty of episodes to do. Awesome. Well, I thought this was really fun and I look forward to doing it again. All right. See you next time, guys. All right. Thank you. Thanks for listening to The Drawing Board. You can find more of Amelia's content on YouTube under the name Amelia Gardner. You can find more of Chris on YouTube under the name Mitch Safari. Thanks again, and we'll see you on the next episode.